This is not a pipe. Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. René Magritte painted a picture of a tobacco pipe and captioned it, Ceci n'est pas une pipe. This is not a pipe. He started people thinking about what he called the treachery of images. When is a rose not a rose, but only a likeness of a rose? When is a toaster just a hunk of scrap metal? And when is a Christian merely a hollow facsimile of the real thing? Jim's sermon is called, The People of God Are Spirit Energized. Being a Christian is not the result of getting religion. Becoming a Christian is the process of turning from religion to a personal encounter with God, a faith-based relationship with God. And although we do not talk as much as we ought about our subject this morning, the heart of being a Christian is not what you do for God, it's what God does for you. And it's what God does to you, to you. Ernie's right. (laughs) Ernie's absolutely right. These things make no sense to him. They seem irrelevant. What he needs, he can't get at the university. He won't find in a book. Listen, he won't even find it in the Bible. Did you hear me? What Ernie needs is a transformation of his whole capacity to see and to know. He needs to be born again. And that is a radical transformation where God enters his heart. And that's our topic today in our series of messages. I want us especially to zero in on verse 12, but in preparation for verse 12, read with me Colossians chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. I'll read rapidly. And in these verses, we're going to see four results of the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the one who gives life to the sinner and makes them a new person. See if you can pick them out. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. Since then you were raised with Christ. Seek those things which are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth, for you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication and cleanliness passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, things in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now, but now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Do not lie one to another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. Wow. What a transformation. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, 
bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has to complain against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. Wow. Wow. What do we want our friends and neighbors to carry with them from their experience with us this morning? We want them to see this passage in warm handshakes, authentic smiles, genuine concern, Christ-like behavior. They have the right to see that. They have the longing to experience that. That is the ultimate apologetic, the ultimate answer to earning the ultimate demonstration that the God he does not know and cannot see or touch or feel is truly alive and transforming human life. So, Father, this morning, make us the body of Christ. May these things flow out from us, not because we generate them, not because we work hard at producing them, but because they are the fruit of the Spirit. They are Spirit-generated, Spirit-empowered, Spirit-motivated, Spirit-energized. We know that our adversary has made so much that is spoken of the Spirit today to seem weird and wild and crazy and pretty stupid. But in this passage, as you describe how the Spirit of God controls our behavior and transforms our actions, may that same Spirit, God, the Holy Spirit, do it to us, in us, through us. Oh, Father, today, make it clear to us that we are your body that we have died in relationship to past efforts to be good and to be righteous and to be religious, and that a whole new life, energized by your Spirit, is functioning within us. Thank you for the privilege to give to you. Thank you for the wonderful opportunity to be your hands and your feet your lips, your voice, your body here on earth. Help us to be faithful and true and fill our hearts with thanksgiving and praise. In Jesus' name we give. Amen. This is what we're going to talk about this morning. We're going to talk about the power to make the Christian life effective. 50 million people were affected. Why? Because the power went out. See, their homes are designed to work with power. These lights work with power. I'm speaking to you with power. The power needs to be there. And when the power is not there, that 
system can't work. It, it won't work. Christianity is not intended to be a grunt religion. Now, sadly, much of Christian behavior has been reduced to that. And we are surrounded by millions of people who think that Christianity is just a, another form of religion where people try to do good things in order to earn points with God. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Biblical Christianity is designed to work on a powerful current. It's like my toaster. When the electricity doesn't come in, my toaster won't work. Now, it looks like a toaster, but it can't perform the toasting duties without the current. Can you remember that? And you, Christian friend, cannot be a Christian, and you cannot function as a Christian if you are not connected, animated, energized, electrified by the Spirit of God. That's what biblical Christianity is. It's not me trying hard to please God. It's God, the Spirit, coming to live inside of me to enable me to do things that give pleasure to God. Now, the Christian, like these 50 million customers, is always dependent upon that current. And there is ways that that current can be short-circuited. There are trees, temptations. There are ways that God the Spirit becomes offended by choices we make. And when we do that, he and his ability to work through us is short-circuited. And he doesn't leave us, praise the Lord for that, but he cannot function effectively through us. Now, this is a beautiful yellow rose. <laughs> it's the best that a human artist could do, given the materials that were chosen. But is this a living rose? No. Can this rose reproduce another rose? No. This is a copy of a rose. It's like a person trying to please God by good works and behavior. Oh, they, they and I and you know lots of people who work very hard at being tax-paying and good and kind and all those things, just like this plastic rose. They have a form or an outward appearance of goodness, but they are plastic. They are dead. There is no life in them from God. And just like this plastic flower, you, my friend, cannot be a Christian 
unless the life of God is in you. And Christian behavior individually and collectively together is the product of the Spirit of God working in us. This morning, there are four things that I'd like us to note in this passage in Colossians 3 that are the outward evidences of the Holy Spirit. Now, now before you come up after the service and say, it's not in the passage, uh, I'm not this morning trying to defend these truths. But what I'm trying to do this morning is to show that a living rose lives, blooms, gives off beauty and fragrance because of the life that's in the roots and the stem. I'm not trying this morning to defend that proposition. I'm trying to show you how in this passage four great works of the Spirit of God look. First of all, the thing that every one of us must experience if we're going to become a child of God, we must be born by or of the Spirit of God. Jesus said in John chapter 3, he said, Nicodemus, you're a good guy. You teach, you know the scriptures, you're expected. But Nicodemus, if you want to experience the kingdom of God, you must be born again. He said, you mean I got to go back to my mom's womb? No, 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 no. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit, that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. God is Spirit. If you want a relationship with God, if you want to be a true follower of Jesus Christ, then you must be born again. Now, what happens when you are born of the Spirit? Well, chapter 3, verse 1, you are raised with Christ. You are crucified with Christ. Everything that Jesus Christ did at the cross and in his resurrection and exaltation, all of that becomes dynamically applied to you individually. You have an actual crisis, an actual experience where you have a whole new relationship with God and God himself comes to dwell within you. You'll see it referred to a little later. He says in verse 3, you die. What does that mean? That means that when you had a new birth, that is such a traumatic and different experience that it's as if your former life ceases. It's as if you never lived prior to that moment when you are born again. Look down in verse, uh, verse uh, 5. Put to death these things. Put to death, uh, put to death your members which are on the earth. Members is talking about your body parts. It's talking about your eyes. It's talking about your, your sexual organs. It's talking about your hands. It's talking about how you use them. And it's saying, since you have had this experience of being born by the Spirit, reborn by God's own life, then stop allowing the members of your body to function in these kinds of activities. Fornication, that's the word for, for pornographic stuff. Uh, uncleanness, etc. Because of these things, God's wrath is coming. Now look at verse 7, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. It's natural for Ernie to do these things, to struggle with these things. These things seem so normal to him. Why? 
because he is dead toward God. God's life isn't in him. He is blind to the things of God. He needs to be born again. And when he is born again, then he can say, I once walked in these things. I lived in these activities. These things were natural to me. See? See it? Now, that whole business of living without being born again is summarized down here in verse, verse 9. You have put off the old man with his deeds. And you have become a new man. See? Now, my friend, have you been born again? That doesn't mean that you get religion. That means did you come to that place? Have you had that experience in your life where you said to God, I am a sinner. I am helpless to save myself. Come into my life. Give me the forgiveness that Jesus paid for at the cross when he died in my place. Give me the life that he provided and purchased for me when he rose from the grave. Send your Holy Spirit to live in me. Have you ever had that? If you haven't, then Romans 8 says you're not a child of God. You're not a Christian. Now, now you, may, you may be doing your best. Oh, man, and, and God bless you. You're, you're, you're doing your best to act like, look like, and part of that routine is to be here this morning. Maybe you can carry your Bible. But friend, if you've not been born again, you're as dead as that artificial rose. What you need is the very life of God to come into your being and transform you from the inside out. Now, the second thing that happens when you are born again is that you are then baptized by the Holy Spirit. And you read about that in the Bible. Now, there's God confusion about that today, and I don't want to get over into the confusion. But to be baptized by the Holy Spirit means to be immersed by the Spirit of God into a whole new relationship with God and other believers. That's what it means. It's when God the Spirit plugs you into the body of Christ and he gives you gifts. Before you're born again, you don't have those gifts. That's what a charismatic is. The word charismatic comes from the word grace in the New Testament, and it means a bit of grace or a grace thing that enables a new believer to function in a new set of relationships within the body of Christ. My finger is different than my eye. It takes a different set of senses, takes a different set of cells, takes a different set of structures. It performs a different function. I don't touch you with my eye. That would be terrible. You know, I don't do that. Neither do I see with my finger. And the Bible's very clear that at the moment you are 
born of the Spirit of God into the family of God, you're placed in the body of Jesus Christ, and that placing means that you have a new relationship not only with God, but with other believers. That's what the new man is that he's talking about here. And you notice how Paul talks about it. He says, uh, drop down there to verse 10. You have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither uh, Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcision, all of those physical human things are not important anymore. I have a dynamic relationship with all other born-again people. And I have been not just stuck on. I was playing with the grandchildren recently, and there's a game where, where, where you have, where you put something together, okay? I forget that Ernie or Bernie or, what is it? Anyway, it's a game. And you get to choose ears, and you got six different kinds of ears you can use, and, and noses and eyes and all this. You, you can make some real interesting, horrible stuff. But if you look on the picture on the, on the, on the uh, box, it'll show you what parts are supposed to go with what parts, okay? You got that? Now, maybe you're an ear. Maybe you're part of a liver. Maybe God wants you to be part of the heart system in the body of Christ. God's going to change you and equip you so that you feel and function that way. We are all different. All of us have different gifts. All of us. And that's why we see things differently. That's why we feel differently about different things. Why? Because God made us as born-again Christians to differ from each other. Why? Because God wants a finger to touch. He doesn't want a whole bunch of eyeballs to see. He wants some eyeballs, and he wants some noses, and his body must be and is designed to be complete in function. See the picture? So, what is your gift? Did you know you got one? At least one. Some more than one. A lot of your frustration and a lot of your angst may be that, that you're, you're a finger trying to see. Or you're a nose trying to taste. That's supposed to. Now, now get the picture. We are all there for what? Dependent upon each other. As we study Paul's letter to the Colossians, we're looking for information about the people of God. How do they act? How are they different? And that leads us to ask, what's inside them making that difference? The what is a who, of course, the Holy Spirit. Jim will show us two more evidences of the Spirit's presence on tomorrow's Right Start. The sermon is called, The People of God Are Spirit Energized. The complete message is available on CD for your gift of $7 or more. Our foray into Colossians is called The People of God. All 17 sermons can be yours on CD for an offering of $59 or more. You can help get this ministry of the Word into the ears of lots of people from Ohio to New Zealand and beyond. Some listeners are helping, and we thank God for each one. But there's room for your hand on this plow, too. Please consider praying or giving. Thank you. To become part of this ministry family, mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 
Worthington, Ohio, 43085 USA. Visit our website, please, where you can fill your mind and heart with Bible-based teaching. You can hear radio programs or play or download complete sermons. And you might want to subscribe to Right Start as a daily podcast on iTunes. It's the radio show on the go. You can donate securely online and more at rightstartradio.org. Or call us at 1-800-984-2313. That's 800-984-2313. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. The Holy Spirit will produce at least four changes, four bits of evidence that he's found a home in a believer's heart. We only had time to cover two today. So please join us on Tuesday for the next Right Start. Thank you.